You know, we're continuing our series, Simplicity. We've been talking about simplifying. You know, that I believe God wants us to live uh, a life that He created us to live and who He created us to, to be. And so, you know, we've looked at some of the symptoms around burnout. Last week we addressed the issue of busyness in our lives, and today we want to talk about pressure. Pressure. Now, I'll tell you, putting together a message on pressure, I felt a lot of pressure doing that. And uh, you might want to take notes, no pressure there, all right? But uh, how would you fill in this phrase? Pressure is, and what would you say that is? Now, one of the things I want to be clear as we talk about this topic is, that not all pressure is bad. In fact, some pressure is, is good in our life. Uh, for sake of discussion, I would say that good pressure is the kind of thing that moves us toward God. Squeaky little thing, isn't it? It moves us toward other people. It drives us toward community in, in our lives. And it produces a, a desire in us to produce to make a difference, to be an impact player, and to do something that kind of outlasts us all. Now, that's good pressure, but there's bad pressure in there. I mean, bad pressure pushes us away from relationships. It pushes us away from relationship with, with God. You ever feel like that? Destroys community. It moves us away from eternal production in our lives. And what it will do, that kind of pressure, it will reduce your productivity to the very temporal, to the very superficial in life. I believe people today deal with a lot of pressure in their lives. And what I want to do is just kind of get a pulse on things and look at how can we identify if we've got negative pressure in our lives. And what I want you to do is just answer a few questions, yes or no, okay? You can't go, well, but, yes or no, and don't answer for your, your spouse or, or the person sitting next to you. Answer for yourself. Here's the first question. Are you always in a hurry? Yes or no? Yes. Someone goes, yes. Yeah. Is, is your to-do list unrealistically long? Yes? How many yeses? Noes? Do you feel guilty when you relax? Yes? No? How many of you would say, do you use your time that you have off to catch up on an unfinished work? How many of you say yes? No? Has more than one person told you to slow down? Yes? No? Do you have to get sick to take time off? Yes? No? All right, one last one. Do you feel like if you add one more thing 
to your schedule that you will drown, or if one more thing goes wrong, you'll crack up. Yes? No? Here's what I would suggest to you. If you answered yes to more than one of those, I think you've got to pause and, and take a look. You've got to take a look at what's going on in your life. And there's a couple things I could tell you about your life if you answered yes to a couple of those. And the first is, I bet you are experiencing high levels of pressure in your life. I also would bet you that the pressure in your life is increasing instead of decreasing. And I also would tell you that that is not the way God intended you to live life. It's not part of God's design. Most of the pressure that we have in our lives is self-inflicted. It's a choice. Not all, not all, don't misunderstand me, but most of it, is something that we choose. We have, we have options. You know, we choose to take on more. And that creates anxiety, and it creates stress, and that increases our, our pressure in life. I was reading a CNN poll, says 59% of Americans would like to slow down and relax more. Who keeps us from doing that? Well, we usually do. You know, a Harris poll said that People today have eight and a half hours less per week for leisure time than we did just a decade ago. In other words, we're working more and enjoying less, and I want to suggest that's part of the problem. That's part of the reason why we're living with more pressure in our lives. So how do you lessen pressure in your life? Well, I think there's several things that you, you need to get a handle on if you're going to lessen pressure. And one is you, you've got to start out and realize your worth. You've got to realize your worth. The, the reason why most people overwork, take on more and more things, is they confuse their work with their worth. In other words, we think they're the same thing. We, we think that if we achieve a lot, if we do a lot, if we're running here and there, and we got all this stuff we're carrying, what we believe is that we're worth a lot because of that. We confuse what we do with who we are. In fact, I've, I've said this before, in America, I believe that our primary identity is based on what we do. In other words, when someone first meets someone, after you figure out their name, what's the next thing that people, people want to know? Well, what do you do? What do you do? Because we think, we believe, we've bought into the fact that that is where we get our worth in life, is by what we do. That our worth and our value come from what we do. And I want to suggest to you it doesn't. It comes from who we belong to. That our, our worth is not tethered to, to our work and what we do. Some of you grew up and you heard a little phrase that's kind of hung in your head through the years, and that is, you're a nobody. You may have heard that from a teacher, you may have heard it from a former friend, a parent, maybe a brother or sister, maybe an ex, but, but you heard, 
you're never going to amount to much. In fact, if you show me someone that has been existing under pressure for a long time, not just a season, but it's become a way of life for them, I will show you someone that in their head, they're thinking, I'll show them. I'll prove my worth by my accomplishments, by my achievements, by all the things that I do. I'm going to show them. I'm going to get in their face by what I do. And I want to clue you in this morning. You will never accomplish enough to satisfy that feeling. You can't run hard enough. If you're on that track you will find as you take more and more stuff on, what actually happens is you find that your satisfaction decreases. You only succeed in increasing the pressure in your life. And if you're able in those moments when you're quiet, when you slow down, if you can slow down, underneath it all, you know it's not working. And for, for some strange reason, I, I don't know why this is, but that voice keeps playing in our head. Keep working, keep striving, keep going. Someone may catch up. Somebody's going to get ahead of you. Go, 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 go. And, and we press ourselves and we push ourselves. You got to prove your value. You got to prove your significance, your worth. And you can't. And what's interesting is you can't slow down. And you can't get off the treadmill. You can't reduce the pace, the, the pressure. And friends, I've got to tell you, you've got to quit listening to that voice. And you've got to start listening to God. If you're going to truly slow it down, you've got to listen to God. James uh, says in the first chapter, verse 18, he says, God freely chooses to give us new life through the truth of his word. So we would understand out of all creation, we are his prized possession. Out of all creation, we're his prized possession. Now, I want to say something to parents, and I want you to think about this a little bit. I, I know there's a lot of pressure being a parent today. You know, as I look at parents, I, I'm glad that I'm doing the grandparent thing now. You know, because it's tough. it's a tough world, but... We have this pressure to be like super parents, and so we volunteer for everything under the sun. We get our kids involved in every sport and club and activity and all this stuff. And it's a simple question. What is that all about? Seriously, what's it all about? Is it about our kids? Or is it about something like peer pressure? Who are we putting pressure on? ourselves, our children. You know, every once in a while, I'll just say to, to a parent that's just struggling, to say, do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor and do your child a favor and choose. Choose very, very, very carefully in life. Because, friends, here's the caution. Do not teach your children that their worth comes out of the things they do. That that's the only place that it comes from. It's okay if there's a little bit of that. But we set them up. 
You know, God, God says that you matter more than anything in all creation. You're his prized possession. You don't have to prove your worth. The psalmist says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Your value, again, comes out of the price that God was willing to pay for you. You know, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians that God paid a high price. Well, how much? Well, Jesus told us when he hung on a cross, he said this much. This is what your value is. If you had been the only person on the planet, he says, my life, that's the value. And friends, I I believe if you really understand that, not just lip service, but you, you truly understand and believe that, it changes everything. It changes your life. You don't have to spend your entire life trying to win the approval of other people. And get this, you don't need the approval of other people to be happy. Because you realize that there's a God that celebrates who you are. Now, there's three, three things I think you have to come to terms with. And one of them, and it kind of sounds counter, counteractive here, but... You, you have to understand, you will never fully comprehend the depth of how, how much God loves you. You can try, but it, it goes way beyond what we're able to understand. Because we all have limits. God doesn't. The other thing is, you cannot do anything. There's nothing you can do, nothing you can say, nothing you can get involved in. There is nothing that will make God love you more or love you less. Now, for me, when I realize it's not about performance, I just go, no pressure. Because I'm not performing for God. I can just let God be God, and it lessens the pressure in my life. Here's here's the second thing that, that we need to do to... Release that, that pressure and just, just lessen the pressure in, in our lives. And uh, that is, we've got to get a handle on where, where we are in our walk with Jesus Christ. And to, to understand that, that God, God loves us and, and is in, right in the midst of what we're doing. And get this, this is the thing that we've got to catch. Enjoy what you already have. You know, Ecclesiastes, uh, the third chapter, says, All people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. I believe that people today get so preoccupied with getting more that what happens is we don't enjoy what we got. Has that ever happened to you? You know, we develop this syndrome, this desire to acquire You know, they got such and such, I need to get that. You know, they moved up, so I need to move up. And this keeping up with the Joneses kind of mentality. You know, and and what amazes me is we'll watch someone and think, oh, got to keep up with them. And we don't even realize maybe they're on their second mortgage or they're filing bankruptcy or they're, they're as miserable as all get out. You know, we end up buying things we, we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even know or get this we don't even like what is that about 
you know, we increase the pressure. We're trying to get more. We're trying to do more and more. We're, we're stacking our schedule. We get overextended with our time, with our energy, with our finances. And it's a sad commentary, honestly. I mean, we, we work and we hustle and we run, run, run to make ends meet. And we end up spending our, our time and our energies trying to make payments on all the stuff. And in the meantime, we watch our relationships deteriorate. That isn't what God created us for. It's not God's design. I, I've said this before as a pastor. I actually, I, I think, get a, a regular reminder that I wish every single person here would get on a regular basis. And that it's a reality jolt for me about what's important. Uh, in other words, I get to see life where it gets peeled all the way down to the core. And that usually happens when I sit beside the bed of someone that's dying. You know, every time, it, it just it crystallizes what life's really about and what it's not about. You know, I've never had anyone sitting on their deathbed going, man, I wish I'd have made more money. I wish I had spent more time at the office. I wish I had run harder and faster. No, I hear things like, I wish... I'd have spent more time with my kids. I wish I'd have spent more time with my wife or my husband. I wish I would have built better relationships. I wish I would have spent more time with God. Those are the things that I hear about. And and don't misunderstand me. Things are great. Having things, it's fine. It's fine and dandy. Scripture says enjoy them. But do a little reality check in your life. You know, ask yourself, am I enjoying what I've got? Or am I more worried about what I'm going to get or keeping what I've got? You know, ask yourself, are things more important or people? And be very, very careful here because I think that many times we are saying one thing, but we end up living another thing in our life. You want to reduce pressure in your life. Learn to enjoy what you got while you got it, and don't live for the next thing. That'll, that'll trip you up. And this kind of segues into the next thing for reducing pressure, and that is get your priorities straight. Get your priorities straight. You have to decide what you want to accomplish with your one and only life. Do you realize you only got one life? Do you really understand that? You got X amount of time. It may be over tomorrow, or it may be 80 years from now. You know, Jesus, I think, gave us a great example because he understood what, what he was about. He says, but he said to them, I must proclaim the good news, for I was sent for this purpose. Jesus knew, he understood what he wanted to accomplish with his life. That's why on the cross he says it's finished. Because he realized it. You know, do you know what you want to do with your life? Do you know what you want to accomplish? Or are you just running and going full blast? You know, last week we talked about to beware of that barrenness in your life that happens because of busyness. You know, that 
Our, our activity doesn't equal productivity. You know, when you die, what do you want said? What do you want said at your funeral? What do you want your tombstone to say? What do you want your kids or your family or the community to say about you? Because they're not going to say it if you don't live it. And if they do say it and you're not living it, they're going to go, who, who are they talking about? You know, I mean, I, I've learned through the years, just as you get older, I think you, hopefully we get wiser. But I, I understand God loves me. And I understand everybody else has wonderful plans for my life. Everybody. Everybody. I found it's easier for me to fill my schedule than to fulfill it. And what has helped me significantly with that pace, with that running, is when I determine what God's design was for me. What God's plan. When my plan and God's plan sync up and, and they're running together, that's when life's really good. That's when the priorities start to crystallize. That's when it's easy for me to understand who gets my time and energy. It simplifies. You know, I've said this before. I believe God's called me to a couple things. First of all, I believe he's called me to be the best Christian I can possibly be. I think he's called me to be a great husband, a great father, and a great grandfather. That, the grandfather thing's easy, by the way. And he's called me to be the best minister of faith fellowship that I can be. And what I have figured out, when I step outside of those priorities, and I try and do a bunch of other stuff, what I find is the pace quickens. I find blood pressure begins to be affected, that my stress level begins to spike. And the things that I say are priorities... Friends, they suffer greatly because I get that all out of whack. And when I talk to, to someone whose life is just a shambles, there's a couple things I, I could tell you right out of the gate is usually, usually, not always, but usually, their priorities are out of whack. And I'm going to spend a whole session in a couple weeks just talking about priorities because I think priorities and values mess most of us up. And... Um, so just in a nutshell, so you don't go away and go, well, what, what should priorities be? Well, I have always operated, and I believe it's a God-given design, that God should be your first priority. Then your spouse, if you're married, your spouse should be your next priority. And then your next priority is your children. And from there, you kind of get to choose. And I know I've just disturbed a few of you because you said, wait a minute, you put spouse before kids. But friends, if, if the relationship with your spouse is good, it helps with the kid thing. Now, if you're not sure, if you're sitting here today and you go, I don't, I don't know what my priority, I'm not really sure where, where that all fits in. It's kind of, let me help you crystallize this. You know, Matthew says where your heart is or where your treasures are, that's where your heart is. So a quick check, look and see where your treasures are in life. And by treasures, we're, we're talking about where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your talents? Where are you spending your, your treasures in life? Because that will determine, 
who's getting your time and your attention and your energy? You know, what's important? What do you want to accomplish with your life again? When you decide that, when you decide that, it slows down the pace. The, the pressure reduces. And I believe life becomes much richer when we get that stuff in line. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, Come to me all who are tired and have heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. You want to reduce the stress, the pressure, the the pace? Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me, and let's do this. And one of the things you've got to do is give up control. You've got to give up control, And, and this is a tough one. One, one of the reasons we get so overloaded in our lives is we're trying to control too many things. You know, we're acting like it all depends on us. You know, i got to hold it together. You know, if it is to be, it's up to me kind of mentality. And everyone knows I'm in charge of my universe after all. And I want to give you a heads up, and this is going to destroy some egos today. If you let everything go in your life, everything, you just let it all go, let control of everything, guess what? The world doesn't fall apart. I know it's shocking. I know that's disturbing. But it's true. In fact, I would argue with you, if you give up control, you will realize you had a lot less control than you thought you did to start with. The fact is, the the more you need to control things, the more pressure you're going to face in your life. Because control and pressure, they move together in tandem. And the more control, the more pressure. You want to lower the pressure, you give up control. In other words, you don't have to make all the mistakes yourself. Let some other people make mistakes with you. Spread the blame around, but give up the control. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Now, I know some of you are going, that's a weird statement. I mean, the yellow part of an egg that's got all the cholesterol in it, you know, that's not what he's talking about. When I was growing up uh, on our front porch, we had an oxen yoke out on our front porch. And uh, I, people used to stop, you know, and they go, what is that, you know? And it was just, it was kind of this thing that uh, the neighborhood, they go, oh, yeah, they live at the house with the yoke out in front. And uh, so it was easy to find. But a, a yoke is just a large wooden frame basically that joins a couple animals together you know farm animals horses cattle oxen and they put it on and that's what jesus is saying and i know as i say that you're going wait a minute that that doesn't sound like relief putting a oxen yoke on you know take my yoke on you i mean that that sounds awful that sounds like a burden i mean why in the world would jesus say Take on my yoke. You know, I'm already carrying too much stuff in my life. And the purpose of the yoke is to make your, the, the load that you carry lighter. It benefits the wearer. 
instead of uh, harnessing up one horse or an ox to pull a wagon, what you do is you put a yoke on a couple of them, and it cuts the load. It lightens the load. You know, that's why Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, the yoke's a, a symbol that, that it reduces stress for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's a symbol of partnership. You and I were not made to carry the pressures of this life by ourselves. We just weren't. Jesus says, I'll take part of it. No, Jesus doesn't add to your load. He says, I'm going to share it. And by the way, Jesus isn't weighed down by anything. You've got to remember, he's God. He has all the power in the world. Jesus isn't saying, you know, take on my yoke and share with me in the ruling of this universe. No, he doesn't say that. Because he doesn't have a weight limit. For, for God, caring for the universe is no big deal. So when he says, I want you to yoke up with me, He's not saying, I'm going to put something on you. He says, I'm not carrying anything anyway, so let me take part of the load off of you. He's talking about partnership in life. You know, Psalms 55 says, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load and help you out. Catch this. God is stronger than you. Amazing. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, God is stronger than you. <laughs> do you. Do you believe that? Do we really believe that? You know, Jesus says, get connected with me. Put my yoke on. I will carry you. I will decrease the pressure if you just let me. You know, is your, is your load light today? Are you working under pressure? You know, do you feel overloaded? Do you feel stressed out? Is that pressure building and getting to you? I would challenge you to look and see if you're yoked to Jesus Christ. And I know as I say that, some of you are going, well, you know, I'm saved. You know, I I made Jesus Christ my Savior. That's not what I'm talking about. See, You can be saved. You can have taken that step toward salvation. And you can still be stressed out. Because you're not yoked to Jesus Christ. Because that means you give up control. Stress and pressure are symptoms of not being yoked to Jesus Christ. They just are. The fact is... Every time you get detached from God, every time you disconnect, every time you play God and say, it's up to me, I'm going to handle this, it will mess you up big time. See, it's a symbol of partnership. It's also a symbol of submission. You use the yoke, and the yoke helps guide you. It helps control you. It helps direct you. It helps lighten the load And in return for the lighter load, you give up control again. Galatians says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. When you're yoked with God, when you're yoked with Jesus Christ, you have to stay in step. You have to move the same direction. 
If I'm yoked to God in my life, I can't go this way and God goes that way. It doesn't work because we're, we're connected. We're yoked up. I can't go faster than God. I can't go slower than God. Again, if you're yoked, Jesus sets the pace in life. Jesus directs your path. Why? Because you've given up control. I mean, one of the benefits of that is it keeps you from going the wrong direction. It keeps you from messing up. It keeps you from ending up in the ditch, so to speak. Because when Jesus becomes that pace setter, when I begin to move in concert with God, what I find is pressure lessens. It goes down. But you got to kind of defer to God. I like what the, the message translation on Romans 3 says, Romans three twenty seven and 28. What we've learned is this. God does not respond to what we do. We respond to what God does. We finally figured it out. You know, Paul's saying, aha. Our lives get in step with God and all others by letting him set the pace, not by proudly or anxiously trying to run the parade. Who's running your parade? Who's running your life? Who or what are you yoked to? Some of you are yoked to your careers. You know, it's the master. Everything revolves around your job and what you do. Some of you are are yoked to your parents still. You know, subconsciously, you're still trying to please them, and so you're yoked up to that. Some of you are yoked to peer pressure. In life, some of you are yoked to that desire to acquire, to get more and more. Some of you are yoked to status and power, but you're yoked to something. Trust me. The truth is, most people are not just yoked to one thing. They're yoked to a bunch of things in their life, and they wonder why all the pressure and the chaos, you know, but they've got these yokes. You know, we're yoked to financial yokes. Things we're worried about. You know, we've got health yokes in our life, and we, we get so consumed with it. We've got future yokes. Anybody yoked to that one? Apprehensive about what's around the corner, worrying about tomorrow, not living today. You know, relational yokes, and we're stressed out. Pressure, 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 pressure. And it just keeps building. And so you're yoked to all this stuff. And the pressure builds. And the answer isn't a vacation. I mean, that may, it's okay. And you may need that. But it's about giving up control. It's about yoking yourself to, to Jesus Christ. And understanding that God has a better way for your life. One of the most freeing things you can do is admit that you're not in control. There's something very freeing about it. I'm not in control. Never was. But you got to own that. You got to truly come to grips with the fact that it doesn't work. Every one of us is going to serve somebody in this life. You get to choose. Choose very, very, very carefully. Jesus says, My yoke is easy. Kind of interesting, the, the Greek, the word easy, means perfectly fit, uh, custom made, 
might be a way to say it. In other words, when you let God put a yoke on you, it fits. It fits you. It's custom made for you. It's based on how you're created, what you can handle. You know, it's based on your gifts and your talents and your skills, your God-given design, your DNA, you might say. God says, I'll work. As I yoke you up, it'll make sense. There's one more, and that is take a break. Just take a break. Relax. You know, it's a principle you see throughout Scripture. Uh, There's a rhythm to life. It was so important, God put it in the big tent. You know, don't steal, don't lie, don't commit adultery, don't murder, and remember the Sabbath. And every time we remember that, it reduces the pressure. And that one's so important. Next week, that's, we're dedicating a whole session to what's, what's it mean to, to give that up to God. You can do something about pressure. We all have pressure in our lives, don't we? And it's a choice. This whole pressure thing truly is a choice most of the time. I've got anybody got pressure? All the things you got to do today? God says, you know what? Just you can let the pressure out. A little pressure is a good thing. A lot of pressure. And you pop. I challenge you, if you came in here today or as you were listening to this, you go, well, I didn't know I was under pressure, but I feel a lot of pressure now. Um, Good. That means God's getting in your head. I challenge you to make some changes. Nobody can put you under pressure. They really can't. I mean, they may try, but it ultimately is a choice. You have to decide. Am I going to live in pressure, or am I going to live God's way? Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, I pray that whatever pressure exists today, that we just turn it over to you. God, Sometimes we're trying to control stuff that you didn't design us to control, but we're trying. Give us wisdom, God. Step back. Realize you've got a better way. God, I pray that when we take our last breath, that we're able to look back and say, what a life. What a wonderful way you guided and directed. God, when we lay it all down that we're able to say, I did everything that I was created to do. God, give us grace for the times we stumble. We try and do too much. God, we just want you 
put that yoke on us. And help us to be the people you called us to be and have created us to be. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.